shall we go? <laughs> shall we start? <laughs> yes. Um, with all that said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week in fantasy football episode 52. We're back at week five of the NFL the whole- 2016 season completed. <laughs> Wade, how's yes. it going for you? How's your NFL season going? I'm excited for 52, number 52. It's like we have, a, that's like a whole year of podcasts. That's right. If you put these together back to back, you could listen to one new episode every single week and no repeats. That's right. You'd come out that's the right. other end a lot, a lot more enlightened. That's for certain. Of course. Absolutely. Start now and you'll be ready for episode 53 on October uh, 18th, <laughs> 2017. Right. You'll be right into next year's fantasy season and you'll be like in first place for sure. Without a doubt. Um, so let's dive right into it. It's the, the seasons. We're, we're in the thick of it. We're one, a little over one uh, quarter of the way through the season. Um, some of the kind of storylines are evolving about who is good, who's back. One of the biggest stories, there, there's a few interesting stories this week, but one of the biggest ones is Tom Brady has completed his suspension and he came back for the Patriots. Angrier than ever, when it seemed obvious. It seems like... You know, uh, Tom Brady is going to uh, dominate the fantasy landscape once again this year after his three touchdown performance and 30 point uh, for fantasy. And everyone on that team says that he's focused and like a fountain of youth going on over there with Tom Brady. And I'm at, you know, Gronkowski's back, uh, Martellus Bennett. Uh, Chris Hogan is finally going to be relevant again. I'm really excited about what they're going on uh, going on with the Patriots right now. And if you waited uh, with Brady and were able to, you know, come out of it two and two, or even uh, even if you're one and four, you know, or one and three, I guess he only missed four games, right? So um, <clears throat> I think you're really excited to have him back in your lineup right now. Without a doubt. I mean, what a way to, to get uh, his season started. Granted, we can't ignore the fact that it was against the Division One AA Cleveland Browns, um, <laughs> who the amount of futility and just bad luck that that team uh, has week after week um, can't be overstated. Um, yeah. So it's not a real team, but, I mean, it's just the Patriots' luck, you know, that their star quarterback comes back from a suspension. Not that he was truly going to be rusty, but – that's exactly the kind of like soft opponent, albeit on the road, that you want. And yeah, he came out, did not miss a beat, um, mm-hmm. shredded them to pieces. So, yep. Welcome back, Brady. And Gronkowski's back and healthy. Um, LeGarrette Bye Blunt man. is looking not dominant, but he's an extremely solid piece of the running game. Um, yeah, the problem though with Blunt is when Brady's back in town, it's you know the Tom Brady show. So they're going to throw the ball a lot more. Of course, there will be three, maybe four more games where you know the game plan shifts over to Blunt. You know, you thought that would have happened on Sunday, but it didn't really do that after the Patriots got it way ahead. Um, what I I think this really boosts guys like uh, Hogan, like I said, who's who's very fast and get downfield and Brady's going to get him the ball. Now we saw that with it over a hundred yard performance on Sunday and James white, um, who may still be available 
in a lot of leagues. Um, I think he's still available in like 60% of the leagues out there. Um, he's he. It, it seemed um, obvious on Sunday that Brady likes him. He's going to be the pass catching running back that Brady's going to dump the ball off, and you'll see some really big games out of James White going forward. James White, good to know. I like that. Yeah, and th- that's one of the things is every season Brady seems to um, discover or kind of release or whatever the word is about one of these kind of unsung, um, unknown uh, players who was kind of somehow – Belichick discovered or brought off the practice squad or signed off the street. Um, and they turn into like an all pro. So, um, maybe James White will be the next in a long line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another team that we have to mention is the Minnesota Vikings making, uh, Sam Bradford look like an all pro quarterback. Uh, obviously the real story in Minnesota is their defense. They've yeah. been incredibly dominant. The Broncos yes. of 2016, um, but but in fact, um, the best I've seen Bradford throw the ball as well. Um, so he's got to be a pickup target if you're thin at quarterback. They do have a bye this week, so that might be why some people don't pick him up, especially with all the injuries we've had, you know, and the bye bye weeks going on. So. That um defense has been absolutely amazing, and even the past couple of games they haven't done much for fantasy, but they're just stopping teams, you know, cold. And if you were able, some I saw some people, you know, picking them like really early in drafts, and I was like, yeah, they they're a nice upside defense, but but now they're turning into that number one D like we see every year. It's always one, you know, D that kind of dominates. Yeah, um, they they I think they started out the season really good with you know some big um, defensive touchdowns, you know a lot of turnovers. So you can't really expect that every single week, but certainly you know uh, in terms of on 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 the gridiron, maybe perhaps yeah. not so much in fantasy. Um, there are certainly um, the reason that the Vikings are five and zero. Not not to say that their offense <laughs> hasn't been supporting them, but. It's not like they're an offensive powerhouse. No, for sure. I, I mean, really the big surprise in Minnesota, aside from Sam Bradford stepping in and carrying this team a little bit, you know. With no Bridgewater. Is, um, right, and, without Bridgewater. And, 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 no, Adrian and no Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Right. But is uh, Kyle Rudolph has turned into, finally, after years and years and years of hearing, like, this guy's going to be a fantasy stud at tight end. And never happening. And now here he is, you know, really making plays. He, Sam Bradford seems to love him. And so if, you, if you've if you waited all these years for Kyle Rudolph to step up, it's finally happening in 2016. And we're always looking for good tight ends. So, um, you know, it's well-earned, well-deserved. And, you know, part of it is without Adrian Peterson as the focus of their offense, it also opens up opportunities for the rest of the talent on that team. Yep. Next guy up, like you were saying, I think a couple of weeks back you talked about uh, we talked about Cody Kessler taking over in in Cleveland, and you know it's this little side thing. But um, you said you know like the the difference between a third stringer and a starter is just opportunity, and exactly. Kessler actually has been pretty decent um, as a Rick. You know he he's not winning games, but he's he's not been horrible under center there. Although he did get hurt on Sunday 
They've lost their third. Now their third starting quarterback. So the, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Browns are cursed in that respect. I mean, it's like every time you think that they might have a chance, they might have found somebody who's talented or whatever, like whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Murphy's Law out there in um, Cleveland. <laughs> but speaking of having an opportunity, Dak Prescott in Dallas has taken this chance once Romo had yet another back injury and um, in the preseason. And although he looked phenomenal in the preseason, nobody expected to see him play as at the level that he's playing at. Um, finally had a turnover this week um, uh, with a fumble. Um, still hasn't, uh, uh, I think he threw a pick uh, trying to win the game at the end. But um, no, that was Carson Wentz. Excuse me. Dak yeah. Prescott still has not thrown a pick. Um, no, he has not. Yeah, so only only four touchdowns though. So fair enough, not. fair enough. But they also have Ezekiel Elliott, who's been a beast. Yeah, and amazing. Yeah, but but obviously the big question around the opportunity that Prescott's had is where is that leading? Um, I think one of the biggest uh, topics of discussion um, uh, for fans and pundits and um, analysts alike is what do you do when Romo's healthy? <laughs> that is the question, you know. Um, people have been talking about it for a couple of weeks now since Prescott obviously is proving that he's capable. Um, and even for fantasy, he's doing well, 20 points per game and, you know, 70% completion percentage. So he looks, you know, very good. And But, you know, um, Romo just got a clean bill of health, basically. Uh, they're going to get him back in practice. And supposedly they're going to give uh, Prescott this start this week. And then they got to buy in week seven. And then they play Philadelphia in week eight. And supposedly Romo is going to be ready to go in week eight. And Jerry Jones is already saying that Romo is his starter and that Prescott will have to step down. So we'll see, you know, when, uh, if if uh, if they win, he wins, you know, kind of carries the team this weekend against Green Bay, who's you know been very solid, a good component uh, opponent there. Um, there there could definitely be a controversy for Week Eight. Yeah, I mean, I feel like could be. I mean, I feel like it's almost destined to happen. You know, to me, the problem is that. Uh, Jerry Jones is even commenting about it at all. And what other team do you allow the owner, or I guess supposedly he's technically also the GM, <laughs> to be um, announcing personnel moves, right? Uh, you know, who's starting or not? I mean, if you're yeah. Jason Garrett, um, that's got to be a very difficult situation to navigate. If you're the if you're the players in the locker room, look – I've been a big fan of Tony Romo for years. I think that he has tremendous talent. But what Tony Romo doesn't have is any rings. What Tony Romo doesn't have is a playoff win. So um, <laughs> it's one thing in my mind if you have a guy, um, Joe Flacco, for example. You know, he's taken uh, the Ravens to multiple um, Super Bowl runs. They have a ring. Um you know, yeah, they haven't had success recently, but he's, you know, he's the guy. He's the franchise quarterback. He has a massive contract. I think with Tony Romo, it's all promise and no delivery. 
And so I think that's just a tough spot. Um, and you're saying it as if it's no big deal, but to me, it certainly is. I really <laughs> think there's gotta be a lot of, um, consternation in that locker room. Um, you know, whatever it is, the dynamics of having, um, Dak Prescott on the field has helped the Dallas Cowboys get out to an extremely hot start. Um, you know, he, it's not like he's out there. Um, you, as you pointed out, he's only thrown for a touchdown. So it's not like he's, um, a mega star in terms of offensive production, but certainly his presence, his decision-making, I, I heard a couple of times repeated today on the radio that, um, in analysis of his passing so far this season that he hasn't made any uh, terrible passes, right? Like basically all good decisions, all good deliveries. Mm -hmm. um, and that type of uh, talent and that type of um, composure as, as, a, as a fourth round rookie, that doesn't come along every day. So I just think, you know, what you risk by putting Romo back in is significant. The last thing before yeah. we get into the chumps and picks of the week is um, we got to mention Denver. Um, actually, what we're really talking about is Atlanta. Um, yeah, that who, game. Looking, their offense is murderous right now. Um, Denver's defense got exposed. Yep. Yep. Matt Ryan, you know, I mean, he, he didn't put up huge numbers for fantasy. Um, Not this but week. Not after he, last week. But he still yeah. led them to a win, you know. I mean, that you got to give him props there. Um, for to, for Atlanta to come in and at Denver, you know, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman are the best one-two punch uh, in football right now. They're both putting up uh, RB1 numbers right now. Um, Coleman is obviously, um, he's playing kind of like a half running back, half slot receiver role for that offense, which they do not, they, you know, they, they've been missing that kind of, uh, short yardage, uh, middle of the field kind of pass catcher the past couple of years. Um, and Atlanta's just really played well uh, against Denver, and, and they really exposed um, Paxton Lynch, who got the start in Denver. They came after him. They didn't let up. Mm -hmm. And that defense um, is looking pretty solid even I right now as well. So. I think that's kind of the big revelation about that game was that their their defense is actually holding up their end of the deal. It's not like yeah. you know uh, Atlanta stuck in shootouts every week. So you look at their the depth on offense. Obviously, you didn't even mention because there's no need to. But Julio Jones, mm -hmm. um, Devontae yeah. Freeman, you know, and um, it's you know they're 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 stacked, and so um, their offense is a known um, quantity, so to speak. Like mm -hmm. they're the number one offense in the league right now. Um, and then we have, um, yeah, the, their, their defense actually coming up to hold up there into the bargain. So they can go into a place right. like Denver, um, Paxton Lynch, I think kind of, we understand now why he didn't get the, uh, starting job, um, to start the season. And none, yeah, nonetheless, so that's, that's exciting. And then, you know, kind of put Denver a little bit, knocked him down a notch. So, um, I think those are some exciting big stories in the NFL, but, I think our audience is probably very interested in finding out, you know, there's been tons of injuries has been an extremely extraordinarily injury, injury plagued season so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, driving us all crazy. It's driving us crazy. Scraping sure. the bottom of the barrel for waiver wire fines. Um, I mean, especially in those leagues, you know, they have transaction limits. 
um, like we have at, at our longtime league, SDR league, it's really can get starting to get frustrating. You know, I mean, some of us are up to eight, nine uh, transactions, um, half the transactions we have for the whole season, and that with all these injuries, it's it's really driving a wedge in in our pl- uh, strategy. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, <laughs> it's one thing to have a few injuries, but like it's it really just seems like it's been an extraordinary total. Um, amazing, amazing. Let's talk about not just injuries, but like who's been majorly disappointing. Yeah. Um, you know, recently. Right. Yeah. Last time we uh, our chumps. Let's talk about our chumps. Yeah, our chumps. Let's call them the chumps of uh, fantasy football. Last time we talked about you know the guys who were surprising us. So, yeah, here are some chumps for the season, you know, that are just really we, – we have high expectations to start the year. And for whatever, whatever reason, they've just been falling. They may have even some – some of these guys may have even done well to start, but you know, they're just dragging us down now. And at the quarterback position, I definitely got to go with Eli. I drafted him in a couple leagues thinking I'll get, you know, like he'll expand on what he did last year, over 30 touchdowns, 4,300 yards, thinking he's going to just keep um, elevating that offense. And they just look really sluggish. They don't look like they're, you know, ready to expand anything at this point. And Manning is uh, pretty much droppable, I think, uh, in week six here. I would not want him on my roster. (laughs) Yeah, I think his downsides too consistent, his upsides too sporadic, and um, they just as a team look like they're headed nowhere. Yeah, I was kind of surprised because Ben McAdoo came in, you know, a couple of years ago um, as the offense coordinator when they fired I forget who was there before, but uh, fired that guy, brought in McAdoo as like the quarterbacks coach, had been working with Eli for a long time, and they just seemed to like click, you know, and then they. That first year they did pretty solid, got better at the end of the year. Last year they expanded on that. Eli, yeah, I gave you the numbers. Eli looked really good. Thought, okay, now McAdoo's the head coach after uh, uh, Coughlin retired and uh, elevated McAdoo. Now they're just going to push it to the next level. And I think maybe it's just one of those situations where the offense is not that inspiring. And the, the rest of the league has just figured it out. Everyone's frustrated there. It's pretty obvious. You know, Beckham, they're threatening him with fines and, and Eli. But on the, other, looks- on the other hand, they still have OBJ, right? <laughs> uh, you know, the other thing I would say is if you look at their season as, as poorly as Manning has played, and I, I would say cut him if you have him, get rid of him. There's, there's no point. I mean, there's too many other young quarterbacks who could – they're just better to have. But mm-hmm. if you look at the Giants themselves, their one loss record, um, aside from the game against the, the loss of the Vikings in which they were totally dominated, mm-hmm. um, they lost by two to the Redskins, barely beat the Saints. They've, they've lost three in a row. But this game, I mean, the Packers also still considered one of the better teams in the league, and it was close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was scores, a one-score game. Yeah. The problem I see, though, is they're not putting up numbers you know what i mean and when you watch that offense you watch any of the games i've 
we heard some of the pundits talking, and it's just like the the offense is extremely boring. Um, there's nothing exciting to see, and sluggish, like I said earlier. Of course, you're not going to drop Beckham. You know, I mean, Sterling Shepard's not putting up numbers at this point. I, I don't know what else to do with these guys. Um, I think Beckham's probably the only guy you really want to hold on to at this point and see what happens over the next couple of weeks going into their bye in week eight. Have to concur with that. Um, next on our list of chumps, uh, I just want to point out uh, Cam Newton. He's had a brutal start to the season after the Super Bowl run last year. I mean, these guys have fallen hard. Uh, so, um, you know, obviously he's out on the concussion protocol. Carolina is now one in four. <laughs> Tough, tough start to the season. Tough loss on Monday night to the Bucks, who are you know desperately also searching for for um, positive um, signs. But Cam Newton, chump of the week, man. He's he's out downtown Charlotte, riding around on a <laughs> like a like a push scooter. Like he's he's not like riding like a like a Honda, whatever. It's some little right. contraption. We're in he's in the middle of traffic in downtown, wearing no helmet. I mean, I, I kind of have a love-hate thing with Cam because of his, his fashion, you know, mm-hmm. his, how his flamboyant mm-hmm. styles. He's, he's extremely well-known for this. Yeah. On, on the way hand, I think it's super cool that he's, uh, you know, doing that and expressing himself that way. But on the other hand, it's a little bit ridiculous. But he gets to do that. He is a superstar. Yeah. But with this, this act, dude, you're the leader <laughs> of this franchise. That's a very foolish thing to be doing. I'm not even so concerned about your safety, although a rational person is. <laughs> it just doesn't look good. It, it's a bad look. So, and he's in the concussion protocol, man. Maybe that's what we blame it on. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're in the middle of traffic and then some scooter and you, your brain's not working right, that might not be uh, the wisest thing to do. So, I don't know. I mean, I think the Panthers—they played okay. Um, have some a couple of lopsided losses. Atlanta just dominated them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Tampa Bay game was really weird. They like ran the ball like a hundred times between the two of them. I don't know what's going on. I mean, they, maybe this is just what um, those the the uh, Super Bowl loser blues that happens every year. You know, the uh, uh, hangover from losing the Super Bowl. It is difficult to come back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just always seems to be a problem, you know, unless you're Seattle. But so, yeah, I mean, although we did see some really positive things from uh, Cameron Artist Payne, which we'll get into later uh, with the pickups for the week. So, but I don't know. I mean, Newton has actually been fairly decent for fantasy, even though they've been losing. So that's something to note. Um, He's putting up almost uh, 20, 20 to 25 points a game. Uh, for fantasy. So when he gets back, um, I would not be afraid to plug him back in and, you know, breathe, breathe easy. What do you think about Fozzie Whitaker? Is he, is he a good target? No, I, I think Fozzie Whitaker, I mean, I think he's kind of like more of the, uh, 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 big play type of running back there. Uh, Cameron artist pain is going to do the, between the tackles, a heavy workload until Jonathan Stewart gets back. And then Fozzie Whitaker is going to have some good games. You know, a couple of weeks ago, he had a really solid game, um, really good for fantasy. And But then this past week, it was, he he did nothing. So it's going to be a boomer bust with him. Um, he, they are playing New Orleans this week. 
So that's a positive as their defense is, you know, one of the worst. So um, Whitaker might be a nice if you need him as a flex play. Um, you you might you might be able to pick him up and do do that sort of thing this and, week. And certainly, if you have Kelvin Benjamin on your squad, definitely want to start him. Well, of course, Benjamin is obviously since he came back from day one. Even though they said you know that they were going to try and uh, spread the ball a little bit like they did last year when Benjamin was out, um, they realized he's just the you know the biggest talent on the field. So yep. uh, Newton saw that right away and. He's his, he's his, his number one target. So Benjamin, e- even with Derek Anderson, was looking his way a lot. Although Greg Olson, of course, number one uh, uh, tight end for fantasy this year. So so it's uh, not all bad news in Carolina, despite their depending start. But I will say this. For fantasy, it's not bad. For fantasy, it's not all bad news. Uh, but I'm going to say because they are in the same division with the Falcons um, and this, this really crummy start that the odds of Carolina making the playoffs have to be getting very close to zero, one more loss. And mm-hmm. really, um, you know, if they don't turn it around right away, um, it's, right. it's definitely over for them. The Houston Texans, I think there was a moment where, you know, people had some ambitions. They did start the season. They got off to a fast start. They were 2-0. and um, Osweiler, big disappointment all season long. He's looked like crap. Um and he's looking kind of worse by the week. And I, you know, yeah. they, they, they kind of took him out from um, Denver. There was a lot of drama in the off season. You know, now you look at it, 19 of 42, 184 yards. Granted, they are, they, it was a game against the best um, defense in the league at the moment, the Minnesota Vikings, but nah, keep, yeah. stay, stay away from these guys right now. It's unfortunate. You know, I, I, of course, you know, way back when, before the season, I picked them as my Super Bowl representative from the AFC. So I'm really disappointed seeing what happened. I thought, oh, great. They started off 2-0. Osweiler was serviceable, you know, for fantasy. He was winning, you know, helping them win there. And and then I watched that uh, that Thursday night game against New England. And it was very obvious that Osweiler was not prepared to deal with any sort of pressure, any sort of quick decision making, he was making. You know, he just he just wasn't up to it. It was very obvious. And it, as soon as I saw watch that game, I thought, "Oh crap, this guy is not uh, but, ready but to, it, to perform." Absolutely, he he's he's just been a, a massive disappointment all around. And the reason that's so critical for fantasy is because. DeAndre Hopkins, um, who yeah. was you know widely considered a top five wide receiver. Um, right now, um, his last four games, he's had four, one, and five receptions per game, all fifty-six yards or fewer. Right. And this past week, it was all garbage time. He had like one catch through the first three quarters, so he ended up getting that short touchdown at the very end of the game, and we are all scared. <laughs> and when we pick all those those of us who picked DeAndre Hopkins uh, in the first round are all terrified right now about Brock Osweiler not you know they thought they were upgrading from Brian Hoyer and we've seen what Hoyer's done in in uh, Chicago now taking over Cutler and now it seems like maybe Houston downgraded from Hoyer you know and it's I'm very concerned about Hopkins at this point. I've seen some ridiculous trades happen with Hopkins, you know, trading away your number one uh, uh, pick for, you know, just 
just whatever pedestrian guys just to fill your roster and, um, and and who knows i mean maybe that'll that'll work out but it, it the whole situation in in houston did, I, like you said it seems like it's getting worse every week <laughs> it's not getting better so i'm i'm really concerned about all all the skill players there and we'll have to see hopefully they can turn it around um, but what are you going to do? You got to you got to play Lamar Miller. You know you got to play DeAndre Hopkins. You can't take them out. Um, these these guys are are stars. You know so um, it just we'll seems see. like they, 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 have, they have a potential bounce back game against the Colts. Yeah. Um, then then the Broncos, which for anybody is going to be tough. Yeah. Um, but then the Lions, Jaguars, Raiders, Chargers, all very soft defenses. So. Um, yeah, yeah. It could be. It could be that they stabilize. I know one thing we got to remember that what happened in Houston last year. Of course, it was a very different situation where they were very unstable at quarterback. They also had JJ Watt, who is now out on IR, gone for the whole season. I think they do have good coaching. Uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, from the Belichick tree, is um, you know definitely I think earned some um, serious respect the way he the way he got that team into the playoffs last year. But um, so I don't think they're the type of team that I would throwing the trash can just yet there's still a possibility how likely it is uh, i think is a <laughs> coin flip it comes down to osweiler really though i mean mm-hmm. that guy needs to yeah. make some adjustments and become a professional quarterback you know a starting quarterback but he That's did it- look when he was in denver <laughs> last year he looked outstanding and i think that's why he got that huge contract he's obviously Physically, he's he's a big yeah. guy. He could throw the ball way downfield. Got the arm too. Yeah. So part of that is coaching. You know, you have to um, acknowledge that it's not only the quarterback's decision making and physical skills. Like when they when they had it when he was playing in the, in, a, in a well-run offense with Kubiak, he was yep. he was performing and delivering. So um, I'm going to blame the whole team for that. Okay. So mm-hmm. moving forward, um, I know somebody else speaking of um, Denver and Kubiak. One of your chumps of the week, C.J. Anderson. He just seems like he's not getting better, just like Osweiler. You know, he he was drafted. I drafted him thinking he's going to be a top 10 running back this year. And he's sitting in like, a, you know, just outside the RB1 discussion at this point. But if you look at his numbers, it's trending down. You know, after that um, kind of dominant week one performance, he's just been under four yards per carry. Uh, the last four weeks, um, and it just seems like the last three weeks, you know, he's just kind of getting worse and worse. And, um, you know, Devontae Booker, the rookie they they uh, drafted this year, has been getting more, a little bit more work. Um, maybe that's in response to what C.J. Anderson's doing. Um, and who knows, maybe this could turn into a committee, you know, if, if Anderson continues to uh, spiral downward. Bad situation. Um, and then my, my chumps I wanted to uh, shout out is my, my man, Des Bryant, um, now on season two of uh, injury. Uh, you know, now it's a, a cracked kneecap. Sounds super painful, you know? Yeah. So definitely. Compassion. Yeah, he's, right now it sounds like he might be out uh, through the bye. This week he's probably not going to play again. Um, hopefully he comes back in week eight. All, all of us who drafted him. We were excited about him going into the season. You know, he looked he looked beasty in the preseason, and all signs were pointing up. And so, 
once again, we got, you know, the, the it's interesting how the Cowboys are seem to be better without Romo and Bryant and Dez, you know, so. Um, and, and, look, and we should have drafted Cole Beasley instead. <laughs> Cole Beasley is definitely, um, um, you know, pick of the week for sure. I mean, he's. He's definitely part of that offense. He's he's getting the targets every week in, week out, and he's catching all of them. You know, that guy's got the hands of glue. So um, he, I think his catch rate is like 80% or something like that. So way up there. He, he, he He's right there in the middle of the field. Uh, nice target for Dak. And um, he's, he's if he's still available, he's, he may as well get him now. He's, he's going to be part of that offense all year for sure. I always liked Beasley, but he he and Romo never quite got into rhythm. But he he has that kind of um, Wes Welker style of play, mm-hmm. you know, possession receiver between the hash marks, um, scrappy, and I think Dak Prescott's kind of risk averse style of play has been a perfect match. So those guys are kind of like you know, absolutely absolutely it's, it's butter pretty and jelly if you will <laughs> for sure for sure i mean he, the past couple of weeks he's he's only gotten four targets per game um but they've kind of had those games in hand and zeke has taken control of those those two games matchups um but he's still putting up you know 10 to 10 to 15 points every game um, you're, you're getting him as a flex play at most or filling for injury. So, uh, you can't go wrong there. Um, I, I like Beasley now. He's definitely, uh, he's on track for no some good, good numbers this year. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming he's got to be close to hundred percent owned in all, in all leagues. I mean, if not, that would be insane. No, I don't think so. Nope. 38% owned in flea flicker. Isn't he on track for like a hundred plus catches? Yes, he was. Okay. Um, he has 30, 33. Okay. He, he, he's slowing down. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. He hasn't had more than uh, 50, you know, or he had like 56 last year, I think. So that's the most he's had uh, in his career. So he's definitely, he's, he's on pace to practically double that this year. Although given our earlier discussion about if Romo might be coming back, his stock could mm-hmm. drop. Um, last uh, chump uh, I wanted to shout out is I mean it's kind of mean but Sammy Watkins you know this guy <laughs> n- another injury situation he's long gone long gone put that one to rest Rick okay bye okay <laughs> now let's turn things around let's talk about who are our picks of the week um, I think there's one name the man in Chicago oh man no yeah. Jordan Howard Jordan Howard Came, you know, we talked about him a couple weeks ago with uh, taking over for Jeremy Langford, who went down with the ankle injury, and he just looked good when he came in that game. So he was definitely our star pick of the week. He was the pick of the uh, week you bet. that week, yeah. And oh my god, for two weeks he's looked dominant and such a huge part of that offense. Almost six yards per carry. Um, Looking so good, catching the ball even out of the backfield. Um, Hoyer loves to dump it off. You know, he he he's not he doesn't have the biggest arm in the league. So um, Howard is just obviously looking like the big waiver ad this year so far. And and Langford, I don't I don't expect to see him ever again. Um, if you were able to get Howard in any leagues, I tried in pr- practically every league I was in, and 
waiver uh, priority screwed me. As so. did I. Yeah, well, I got him in one league at least. <laughs> you got him in one. You got him in one. So hold on to him. He's going to be a could be an RB one the rest of the year. Pretty amazing to see. Out of nowhere, too. I mean, like we all Lankford was getting ninety five percent of the touches, and Howard was there. We kind of had some whispers of upside during the during the summer, but nothing revealed itself until. You know, the past couple of weeks, he just, he just looks dominant. Yeah, I mean, these are the stories that I really love because um, there's always these these players who nobody's going to pick on um, the draft. You, you know, they, they might not even get picked up um, free agent, but they're talented. It's that difference, like we were talking about earlier, between an opportunity being a mm-hmm. backup. Just takes an injury and someone who's talented, but wasn't it wasn't their turn yet. And it's also amazing to see, you know, I mean, I just, it has to do with the team you're on as well. And, you know, the Bears are not a especially good team. I mean, they're actually quite horrible. <laughs> One and four. Um, their starting quarterback is out with injury. Brian Hoyer, speaking of another surprise, another pick of the week, um, yeah. you know, has also been playing outstanding ball, something no one expected. Uh, but that's that's a big story in Chicago, and it's pretty fascinating. That part is fun to see. Yeah, absolutely. We we love to find these like, gems, you know, off the waiver wire, and then you know, and then next next year he'll be like a, you know, second round pick or whatever, third round pick, and right. we'll be like, yeah, I picked, I had him last year, you know. So I'm gonna also say oh. I'm gonna also say, given how well Hoyer has played, and how uh, typically pedestrian Cutler was prior to um, leaving with uh, this, you're going out with injury. Um, I have to, I have to honestly believe that Cutler's time in Chicago yes. is done. I agree. I agree hundred percent. I mean, there's why, why would you bring him back? You know, he's, he's never proven anything other than being very uh, sporadic, uh, having a game or two here and there mm-hmm. uh, where he excelled and then just being a, a chump, as we say, the rest of the time. So um, I agree. I think Brian Hoyer is going to be there uh, the rest of this year. Who knows what the future holds for Chicago. They'll probably draft someone um, if they keep losing. Um, there's a couple of, I guess, good quarterbacks in the draft for next season. So um, that might be the future for Chicago. Moving on, uh, our next pick of the week, uh, we're, we'll talk about San Francisco 49ers, Jeremy Curley. Absolutely, he's been he's been on everyone's mind um, after the cu- past couple of weeks, where he's really excelled. There, we saw on Thursday night, um, he was uh, Blaine Gabbert's main man there, um, and so he's he's on every single waiver wire article I've read. Hmm. Um, he's a, a wide receiver two at this point, which nobody in in the entire universe expected that when the Niners uh, signed him like six days before uh, week one. So he's really uh, been ex- getting a lot of targets there. That's the thing. He's, he's, got, he's had uh, 45 targets on the year, a um, couple touchdowns, looking, looking really solid. The only problem, though, is San Francisco has now turned away from Gabbert after losing four straight, and they are bringing in uh, Colin Kaepernick to start this week against Buffalo, and who knows if he will have any rapport with uh, Curly, even though uh, uh, he's done so well. 
Yeah. And I think the other thing in San Francisco is th there really is no one else. Uh, Torrey Smith, I mean, I don't there, – there, what other targets does the quarterback have, be it Gabbard or Kaepernick? Um, I think I was uh, watching a couple of reports today about the move to um, uh, go to Kaepernick at quarterback. Um, and the buzz on the street is that he's been the third best quarterback in practice, right? Christian Ponder, who's their mm. currently third string uh, quarterback on the roster. Now Kaepernick's coming back from multiple offseason surgeries. He mm -hmm. apparently is not at his prior playing weight. He's significantly below it. So he's, he's, he was known for being kind of really muscular and that was mm -hmm. part, that was part of his game. Um, but we all know the last time we saw Kaepernick play, like he has a horrible <laughs> throwing motion. His accuracy is rather poor. Um, and I certainly am rooting for Kaepernick to do well, but the Niners just aren't a good team, although they do have a fantastic running back. Um, mm -hmm. But I think Jeremy Curley is a great – he's going to be the number one target. If, Colin Kaepernick may not be a great quarterback, but he's not an idiot. And <laughs> um, you have to be, you know, aiming at your top target, and right now that's Curley. Right, right. And the other side of that is um, we all know Kaepernick's skill set does uh, – he, he, running the ball is, is one of his, you know, better. He's one of the better running quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, his strengths and um, that fits the Chip Kelly offense extremely well. Even Gabbert, um, who is not a good running quarterback, already almost has 200 yards rushing. Um, so you know, he might spark that offense with a, a lot of those designed runs, and um, he could actually even be pretty solid for fantasy um we'll see in the next uh th this week we'll see how it plays out but um it could be a sneaky pickup um if you want to go with the, go with the upside uh fantasy quarterback there bold that would be a bold maneuver very bold very bold okay. i mean if, if you're in a two qb league you know that's probably safer but even one qb leagues pick him up as a backup and see what happens you know who knows yeah, but that, it's, it's a liberal of the dice. If, if if you're if you're thin or you've had injuries, um, say right. you had Cutler on your team and you forgot to pick up Hoyer, yeah, um, you, you got someone like Bortles who's like you were expecting really solid things. It's been disappointing, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe grab Kaepernick and see what happens. You never know. He he did have some amazing um, an amazing run for his first couple of seasons. Okay, we mentioned Cameron Artis Payne earlier, but we got to mention him during our picks segment. Um, had a phenomenal game last night um, and looking like a very solid number one. He looked great, and they ran the ball a lot, which they haven't really done with him, which was a little surprising. Um, maybe it was because they had uh, Derek Anderson instead of Cam. He also got the uh, rushing touchdown, which he will not get. Uh, when Cam is back, because Cam um, likes to culture, himself. cultures <laughs> yeah. a lot of those. Yeah. So the the other thing is, you know, maybe his run here will not last too much longer. Um, if uh, Jonathan's, if not, if uh, when Jonathan Stewart comes back, right. um, which looks like he wasn't that far off this past week, so he could actually even be back this week. So he's, so, a, I mean, he's a stopgap measure. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like someone if you if if you got a space to fill on your bench and you might be able to play him again against the New Orleans, maybe they'll wait another week for Stewart till after the bye, um, and then he might be a good good play this week against New Orleans. 
but um, who knows what the future holds. Fair enough. And your final picks of the week, or your final pick of the week. My final pick, who I who I'm like, I think I'm the only one in the universe like pointing this out. But uh, I really like Charles Clay right now. He's a low end tight end two for fantasy so far this year. But just, I mean, I think with what Buffalo does there on offense, they're not that. You know, they, they don't really have anybody to throw the ball to. And we saw this this past week. Um, they gave the ball a lot to LaShawn McCoy, who is obviously the, the focus of their offense. And um, But Charles Clay is a, a very uh, solid athletic tight end. Um, he got five targets, caught all of them, had 73 yards, um, putting up 10 points for fantasy. I think we're going to see more than that. The past two weeks, he's gotten seven and five targets. Um, since Sammy Watkins, who we uh, half mentioned earlier, uh, went out. And, um, you know, the, the problem with Buffalo, of course, is Tyrod Taylor is going to throw the ball 25 times, you know, at the most, pretty much. They're going to run the ball 25 times. And so there's not a lot of upside here. But um, the, the whole tight end landscape has been really all kind of all over the map and i think he's just kind of a safe play going forward in that offense when there's really no one else uh there to catch the ball there we go so that's our um chumps and picks of the week not bad now um as we wrap it up let's talk about um things that are been sitting on our mind um that we want to share with the audience and we just can't let go every year you know if you if you've played fantasy long enough you understand that Every year you're going to have these years where, you know, your team is just so good. They, they're performing so well. But for whatever reason, week in and week out, the team you're playing against is just slightly better. And, <laughs> and I, I'm in, <laughs> I talk about this two QB league. It's like the bane of my existence. I've been doing it for three years now. I've had the first year I did excellent loss in the first round of the playoffs. Last year was really disappointed by the whole format. You don't even want to go into it. This year I intentionally drafted for all the strengths. I am every, the past four weeks. I have played the number one team for four weeks in a row, and it's, and and every time I've been either second, third, or fourth highest scorer in all those weeks, and it's really frustrating to be one and four after performing like that. This is what fantasy football does to you. <laughs> there will be frustrating seasons. So, um, but on on the flip side of that, it is very rewarding to understand that you have an excellent team. You may turn it around. And uh, there's no need to panic or start, you know, um, trading off players or whatever because you're still performing every week. It's just you just happen to be going up against the team that just is doing better than you that week. So this is happening to me this year. We've seen it. In, we're seeing it in our um, our our SDR league. And so this this will happen to you out there. So do not get frustrated if you're also experiencing this and just don't, fight through. Don't be like Wade. Don't get frustrated. Oh man. 
this past weekend was stupid. And <laughs> I don't want to go into it. Greg Olson dropped that touchdown pass, you know, like right in his hand. And, uh, if he had caught that, I would have won. So, Yeah, well, on the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, um, in, in that game um, against Kenny, that you won by six hundredths of a point. Oh right, right. That was one. That was one of the the positives of the week for me. Um, and it was an awesome shootout. Hundred, practically one hundred fifty to one hundred fifty. On your, uh, on on Kenny's team, he had Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was down by like two points. The Bucks were driving to with thirty seconds, forty five seconds left. To, mm-hmm. The game was tied. And Evans catches a first down. Mm-hmm. Had he advanced the ball one yard more, <laughs> Kenny would have won that game. Yep, yep. That's that's so, the shout that's out to Jameis Winston. <laughs> that's the the wildness of uh, fantasy football, right there. You know, I, I mean, love I love that story. I mean, it's something that we all experience. I've been on the flip side of it actually because my teams are quite mediocre this season. I've been extremely low scoring, and I've actually won. At least last week, I won a game where I was. I think it was the third lowest score of the in the league that week, and I won. <laughs> so, um, and I've won some other uh, games with very low scores just because I've right. been playing. You know, it happened to work out against that week. I was playing an even worse uh, fantasy <laughs> team. So, uh, but I've been on the other side where you have a phenomenal team and a, and again and a you know a quite good game, but you're just up against an opponent who goes berserk. They're you know, their quarterback or their wide receivers scores 44 points, 45 points. And, um, you know, a couple of in the defense scores 30. And next thing you know, you have to get 170 to win. And um, even if you have a hell of a week, it's hard to do that consistently. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think what you said is true, that you can still have faith if your team is good, um, even when you don't win every game. I mean, any given Sunday, even if fantasy holds true. Yeah, and, and the plus side on that is if you if your team is performing that well, you know, if you do happen to make the playoffs, it you could easily go on a nice run there, you know, and win the championship, you know. Whereas it, if you're on the flip side of that, where your team is kind of not doing so well, but you're still winning, once you hit the playoffs, it, often you're one and done, you know, in that situation. So, very good. Okay, so my can't let go this week is not fantasy football, and I hate to bring this stuff up in such a fun environment like this, but um, we are getting very close to the election, the presidency coming up in November, um, and when the probably one of the more ridiculous moments that's ever happened in politics during my lifetime, Pussygate. <laughs> um, you know, just, uh, we don't need to repeat the, the, um, the quotes that, that, um, were captured on tape, uh, by Trump, but, um, you know, it's just, uh, we, if putting aside the exact words, you know, it's just pretty crazy what a coarse and absurd world it's become as far as, you know, what's allowed and expected and who gets a pass to say these things and who gets, no yeah. pass. You know, so um, there was a there is a author and commentator by the name of um, Van Jones, uh, a well-known author and commentator. He's on CNN quite a bit doing political commentary. And he did a Facebook live video where he just raised the issue that, you know, if the words and actions of Trump were done by someone else, say Barack Obama, 
you know, what type of um, judgment would be passed upon him, you know, what type of um, language would be used to mm-hmm. describe him. And I just think it's a, quite a reminder of the double standards, to put it lightly, um, the supremacy of certain groups um, in our society. And um, I know it has nothing to do with fantasy football, and I don't want to dwell <laughs> on it too much. But it's it's honestly, I've been obsessed by the by not only that that uh, kind of leaked uh, recordings, but just the the fallout from it, um, and what a chaotic, crazy, wild um, <laughs> world of politics that's going on around us right now. It's um, it's uh, it's just mind-boggling and i hope and pray that we never see anything like this again yeah hopefully it's a anomaly although it's not surprising if you look back the past you know 20 years or so with fox news and and everything that 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 just kind of the sensationalism that happens in politics nowadays and maybe this will be kind of like the the big uh implosion as we will with uh yeah with it with that that the with the republican side of things and we'll get back to a more orderly and respectful um kind of a experience politically and 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 socially you know i mean that's part of the problem is we're seeing you know like the real negative and uh horrible side of human nature with uh some of the some of these uh people who feel like they have a right to express themselves in such a negative manner and, you know, following in Trump's, uh, lead, I guess. So hopefully it's, it's kind of like maybe a a little like last shout kind of as a fade away, you know? Yeah. It's like the last gasp of this, uh, this group of people and they kind of recognize that they're, their time is coming to an end. And so they're, they're lashing out at the world around them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to your point, it is not just the candidate, but so many of his acolytes that have found his candidacy as a excuse or the reason to justify or validate um, a lot of ugliness. There's a lot of racism, a lot of uh, epithets and, and hatred going on out there in the world. So, uh, but, you know, uh, like you said, it is the outcome of a lot of events of a long time. And one mm-hmm. thing that occurred to me, and I don't want to get too deep on this, but, you know, the way the pendulum swings, that in some sense, the reason the country is where it is, is a indirect outcome, or maybe a direct outcome, of having that election stolen in Florida back in 2000, mm. and had not... Bush W um, been handed the election, you know, mm-hmm. unfairly um, and Gore would have served his term or maybe two terms. Maybe Obama doesn't get it. Maybe things go a lot different way and we're a more, um, you know, wholesome, peaceful country instead because things f- went wildly in the wrong direction under that administration. Mm-hmm. Um, the pendulum swung. And we got somebody like a transformational figure like Obama. And mm-hmm. then this is now that backlash that we were talking about. But that's a whole, that's for another podcast, uh, yeah. you know, some other time. <laughs> well, thank you for bringing it up. You know, I think it definitely needs to be 
talked about rather than hidden, you know, so. We don't ignore the tough issues. That's this right. This week in fantasy football. Anyways, <laughs> just as we planned an hour-long episode, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for hanging in there with us. We hope you enjoyed this week. I sure did. Me too. It was it was it was fun. Twice as long as we expected. Hey. <laughs> At least. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, um, that's this week in fantasy football, and we'll be back at you very soon. Thanks for hanging out. Cool. Until the philosophy which old one race superior and another inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned everywhere is war it's a war that until they're no longer first class and second class citizens of any nation until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eyes miss a war that until the basic human rights are equally guaranteed to all without regard to race and this a war that until that day the dream of lasting peace